Welcome to the Ramon Foster Show, brought to you by the Get-Go Cafe and Market, where they are open for business, serving hot, fresh food 24-7. Moon! Happy Monday. Happy (laughs) Monday, dog. Hey, by the way, I don't know what the weather is in Pittsburgh. Yes, I do. I looked it up. It is about to be a steamer, man. Y'all stay stay hydrated and cool. Yeah, Yeah, no, we're we're doing okay here, but then I got the air conditioning going here. At the exactly. uh, at the uh, at the headquarters, so it's uh, yeah. it's it, it's uh, nice and cool and comfortable in here. Anybody's walking by downtown Pittsburgh Fifth Avenue, if you want to be part of the Ramon Foster show, just poke your head inside. Here, some gentleman <laughs> just walked by, waving here. Exactly, and you're giving that free AC too. There you go, free <laughs> AC and free <laughs> Wi-Fi. The only thing you can't have for free is the beverage. Hey, there these, we go. DJ. These things are only like seven bucks a pop, right? And if you pop in today, it's free beer tomorrow, right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much. <laughs> That's the sign that stays up. Free beer tomorrow. All of the beer that we do have is free. How about that for clever wording? <laughs> Moan, I, I had an idea for this I'm week. Listening. Well, we're about to enter into some pretty dry territory for the NFL from a news standpoint. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Steelers ended mini camp last week. So we can talk about some different things yeah. uh, on the show as we work toward Latrobe, uh, which is going to open up uh, for the Steelers uh, reopen, I should say, yeah. uh, in the third week of July. And I wanted to start this week with talking about the AFC North teams, the other AFC North teams, one each day. I'm going to start with the Baltimore Ravens because mm-hmm. I'm sorry. I know the Bengals won the Super Bowl or no, won the Super Bowl, got to the Super Bowl. <laughs> but this is this. The Ravens are still the team as far as I see it, you know. Yeah, uh, at least a team that you respect the most out of the out of the twenty years that they've been up there. The Bengals just kind of showed up, like made a cameo. Um, what do you think of the of of Baltimore's roster and chances going into this season? Um, the the biggest concern to me with Baltimore is always going to be what's their passing game. <laughs> their I, I, their identity and DNA is run. They they got a quarterback that runs the ball really well, but he can't also pass. Um, Defensively, they're always going to be fine. I, I will say that that's year in and year out, no matter who got hurt, no matter who was on IR, no matter who was suspended or whatever the case may have been when it comes down to the Baltimore Ravens, they were always going to have a good defense. They always do that, always will. They're going to play tough ball, always, by the way. Offensively is what you got to get past as far as the run game. I, I think Lamar kind of jumped on the scene and and pretty much killed everybody that came in his way as far as the run game goes. He did. As far as being able to operate that offense. That Not way everybody. Not well, everybody. No, no, well, yeah, you're right, because we <laughs> created the template. For the most part, league-wide, except for the team that we love, is the Pittsburgh Steelers. Uh, but he found a way to really just change the dynamic of what the running quarterback could do in this league. Uh, instead of covering 10 people on the field, you got to cover Lamar also. He is the X factor, man. Um, but it also comes down to the passing game when that doesn't work. And we saw his number one wide receiver, Marquise Brown, ended up wanting to get traded and did get traded because they don't incorporate the passing game as much as they want to as far as Greg Roman is concerned. And honestly, I think that is their strategy. I think they're going to be a tight end oriented team that has the ability to throw if necessary, but it's only going to be to Mark Andrews and a group of other wide receivers. Now, again, I give it to them. They did go out and get some young guys as far as the uh, as as far as uh, the wide receivers goes, but that's going to be their MO too. get young guys that they can incorporate and really put on the back burner as far as the run, as far as the passing game goes, man. 
I'm shocked that they are taking this stance because it's kind of outdated as far as just running the ball the way they do. But they're always going to be a tough outfit. And then, of course, you incorporate Justin Tucker in. They cross the 50-yard line. They're scoring points. That's always the way we've looked at the Baltimore Ravens. They cross the 50. They're going to score points because they probably have, I won't call him a first ballot Hall of Famer. He's the best kicker we've seen in this century. Well, in, in this era of football, I think, for the most part, as far as Justin Tucker goes. Well, you know, you used the word outdated there. And and I'm going to try to apply it in a different way. Well, let me hear it. When Lamar came into the league, and you just referenced this, there was a there was a shock and awe factor to it. Yeah. Okay, yeah. the Ravens came in. Remember how they were all bragging and Harbaugh and everybody was like, "Won't be able to stop this offense. Nobody will <laughs> be unstoppable offense." Right. Well, guess mm-hmm. what? For a year, except when they played Pittsburgh, it was that. Okay. No one had an answer for it because they would prepare a certain way for 15 games and then they would face Baltimore, especially outside the division teams. They would line up against the Ravens and go, what are. We, we have three days to practice for this? What the <laughs> heck? There's nobody else who's doing this. And the Ravens were able to use that to their advantage. Okay. Yeah. Fast forward. It's been a while now. Mm-hmm. Okay. It's been four mm-hmm. years of Lamar and. That shock and awe really wore off. Yeah. Okay. Other teams incorporated elements of the run. Other teams incorporated two tight ends and so forth. And the Ravens, in turn, haven't been able to adapt that offense because Lamar did not get better as a passer. You see what I'm saying here? And I, I just feel like the whole Baltimore slash Lamar thing in and of itself is outdated. Oh, wow. Well, I, I can see that to be true a little bit, too, but because what is the answer for them? I don't know if there is an answer. Now they're also in a, what do you want to call it, a tug of war as far as what's his salary going to be, who he's also representing himself. That to me, and I know a lot of guys have been doing this as of late, self-representing themselves when it comes down to negotiation. Well, to pull back the the, the, the cover a little bit on far as, as far as that goes, teams don't tell you how great you are when negotiating. They tell you how much you suck. And if they're directly telling Lamar this, now, again, I'm paraphrasing. They probably won't tell him to his face that it's that, but they're not going to big him up to just to pay him a whole lot of money. They're going to tell Lamar, you don't do this. Your receivers hadn't done that yet. Mark Andrews is doing that. Well, he's your only option. Rashad Bateman is the other guy, young, other young guy they have on the roster, and he hasn't flourished as much as they wanted to because they have Marquise Brown. So as far as that goes, I think it's more of an OC issue as opposed to a Lamar issue, too simply because it's easy to let Lamar run. You see what I'm saying? But now, what are they going to do as far as pay goes? This is going to end up being a $42 million a year quarterback? Has to be. What else do they have besides Lamar? Uh, not on, on offense. <laughs> I mean, not on have, offense. There they, we go. Have, they have Andrews. Yeah, I mean, uh, you know, here, here's – you know, before we go to break here, I don't want to make the Ravens sound like some kind of catastrophe here. No, they're not. <laughs> because they have a lot on the other side of the ball. And the reason it might not feel like that's the case is because, my goodness, yeah. were they wrecked by injuries. Yes, they were. And they have now a chance to put that defense together to be much more of a John Harbaugh mm-hmm. type defense and be very competitive with everyone they face. Yep. So I, 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 don't, I definitely don't want to turn the whole thing no. into a Lamar to this. 
Chris Lamar that. No, let me say this. I love their secondary. I love their D-line. I when love their healthy. linebackers. When they're, healthy. When they're healthy. When they're healthy. They're not a pushover at no. all. Okay? No. At all. It's, I don't, Baltimore's always up there. It's really a three-team race and screw the Browns. <laughs> we won't do that fully until Wednesday. <laughs> when we come back, let's talk about Devin Bush and his knee. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. We talk a little bit about Devin Bush, but more from the health standpoint than the performance standpoint. Ramon, you had a knee issue. Yeah. Um, everyone who's ever played football, everyone who's played professional sports has had a knee issue of some kind. Without pretending to be Devin's doctor or anything here, how much could that have been responsible for the season that he had last year? Or, you know, or are we just excuse making? Uh. People gonna always say it's excuse making when it comes down to guys that they like or their favorite team or people that they know personally. So I'll just say this: most I've only seen usually I can always relate to this. I've only seen one guy come back from an ACL injury and just straight up crush it. And I'm sure it'd be somebody that kind of corrects me on this, but that was Adrian Peterson. Remember he oh, tore the ACL. Yeah, but AP wasn't human at that see, time. And you yeah. see what I'm saying? Yeah, that, I don't even I, know that he counts because he yeah, he know. exists on. When he was playing, he was he was on some other planet. You you feel me? So it's always an issue. Right now, people are pretty much saying on the basketball side of things, Clay Thompson isn't himself. Well, he also had an ACL and an Achilles, so it, it takes a minute. I'm forgiving Devin Bush a year after the injury just simply because it takes about a full calendar year to get back. But the knee issue is always tricky. You got to look at Devin Bush, the person, the athlete. What was the most attractive thing about Devin Bush that the Steelers moved up to go get him? His speed. His mobility. Yeah. His mobility, man. And if you take that away from a guy, whether it be eight months, whether it be a major injury, whatever the case may be, they got to get confident in themselves. You hear, if if you talk to athletes that have torn those type of uh, ligaments or had a hyperextended knee or bad shoulder, most of the time they'll tell you, not until I hear that pop that I know I'm okay. Meaning you got to have like another moment of doing something that you used to do that makes you realize, oh, I can go do my old, I can be my old self. You know what I'm saying? Like I, I do, and 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 this is where I want to bring up. I'm 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 so glad you you put it that way because I think the thing that was off putting about Bush last season mm-hmm. was especially in the second half of the season. Yeah, there were times where it looked like he didn't give a crap. Okay, where he was, you know, like the Minnesota game, the Minneapolis game where, you know, Dalvin Cook ran for a million yards and everything else. And and you saw and his body language wasn't good. He didn't look like he was ready at the snap sometimes. Okay, now, if you are aware of his character, what led to his being drafted and then the character that he showed in his rookie year. Yep. You should know better, but your brain and your eyes are trained on what they see in the moment, and it looks so bad. Why? Because you're Superman out there without a cape. Yep. Yes, you are. Or you got some kryptonite around, and that is your knee. And that's what I'm getting at here is I have a feeling that and look, this is going to sound like excuse making no matter what we say here. okay? but I don't believe that my eyes were lying to me when I watched Devin Bush as a rookie. I really don't. I I have a buddy of mine, man, that's a veteran in this league and he had a knee issue currently. 
And I'll say this as far as just trying to get that hitch going, DK, like guys mask a lot. Guys hide a lot. Guys will lie to themselves and act as if they're ready to go. I know I shouldn't have been out in Baltimore in one game with a friggin' double taped up ankle. I taped it on the inside of the shoe, the outside of the side of the shoe. I did three times as much tape as I should have because I thought I should have been out there. And you'll trick yourselves into doing this thing. But guess what the consumer doesn't care about, DK? They don't care about that. No. When they look at you, they need to see Superman. Did you perform or did you not perform? I just got it done. Okay, and sometimes that ain't enough to the consumer, the people of the team, too, especially when you have a game like Minnesota. But this one this one friend of mine on a different team, he was like, bro, I'm hurt. And I was like, what are you talking about? He's like, man, every game I'm shooting this knee up just to go survive. Now, an offensive lineman, you can kind of hide that a little bit. He's like, I am dying out here. He's like, I'm trying to get by. So in a, non, in a less athletic position, as far as the OL goes, that's kind of hard to see. But when you're playing speed on speed and speed is your thing, meaning Devin Bush is what, a 4-4-4-3 kid? Yeah. You have moments like that. It's exposed. It's exposed. Yeah. That's so, that's that, and that's what happens. And it's exposed in the worst way. With no offense, Moan, but yeah, go ahead. you you for you to get exposed, your quarterback's got to end up there on his go. back. Okay? Absolutely. For him to get exposed, it can be just a juke mm-hmm. and six. Think about you it. Know? I mean, and and, yeah. and, and I, I have a feeling I'm just saying that, uh, you know, I have a feeling that Devin took a lot of this to heart and yeah. things that he was able to do his whole life suddenly were taken away from him. Yeah. And it's just got to take a while to get that back. I, I would say this, having a, a, a big dog with him, Miles Jack, I think it could help make him feel more comfortable now. And it's not excuse making on Devin, man, at all. But as somebody that's gone through not a ligament, but it takes a minute or two, DK, especially when you're in space type of athlete. Yeah, I love the Miles Jack point because Devin brought that up himself in his talk with us last week at minicamp where he just said it's it's, it's great having him here. You know, he's going to make some plays. Um, that's that's going to be a difference, too. Let's not forget that he didn't get a whole lot of help last year from Joe Schobert, uh, to put it to put it kindly. Yeah, right. <laughs> when we come back, hey, Moan. Welcome back to the Ramon Foster Show. It's time for our Hey Moan segment, and today's entry comes from Douglas Meek, who says, Hey Moan! First off, I got to say, I love your stuff with DK. Literally agree with all your takes on things. Wow. Moan, Moan, you, my man, are a class act and so enjoyable to listen to. Doug, we were going to take the question anyway, man. (laughs) He's good. He's good to go. (laughs) Doug knows how to get through here. I do want to ask, do you think it's a fair argument to say that Kevin Colbert and company waited till the last minute to address an aging offensive line? Oh, wow. Oh, Moan, I know your stance on this. You've got to you've. You've got to, you've got to be okay. yourself here and tell it like it is. Um, do I think they waited to the last minute? I'm gonna tell what I think, and I'm gonna tell you what I think they actually did too. Do I think? Yeah, probably so. Um, I think they did because, and I'm appreciative that they didn't. Okay, I will say that <laughs> I am appreciative that they didn't because I enjoy playing the game. I love being with my guys. I freaking love that organization, man. Just so you know that. And we weren't all bad. It's just that we all left at the same time. 
You know, I think it was that it, nobody was just astronomically just bad. It's just that the timing of how guys left was just all at the same time. I left. And then the writing's on the wall that Pounce was leaving. Then Al was gone. And then Dave didn't play or Dave was out. So it was like back to back to back. You didn't have a succession plan of anything else. And if you can say that the old line was just like historically bad, we weren't that either. So why did you have to make an overhaul of a change? And I think this is the other side too. And if you go back and listen to the interview that I did with Kevin, Kev would kind of let you know, man, because he kind of he, he kind of brought that up and was a little sad about it. It's like he always wanted to get our group of ring. He was just like, Mo, you guys should have had one. He's like, that gets me right there. And, and he mentioned us in that line. And it's a lot of people that reference our offensive line as far as the standard for play now. And I think because of that, Kev and the front office and the coaches all believed that we could actually go get that done. And until it wasn't a thing anymore, I think that's when that when that window closed is when you said to yourself, well, you guys should have moved on a year or two beforehand. And that's in yeah. hindsight. Yeah, I was going to I was just about to use that word. I, I, a lot of that is hindsight. And the one point that I that I want to make on my own, this is my own observation at the time, is that your offensive line, I agree with you. It didn't exactly like fall apart or something. Uh, I thought the one guy that really started to take a little bit of a backward step was Alejandro Villanueva. But then but then the Ravens went and signed him for another year and he played just fine for them. He wasn't great there either, but but Ali Ali played he played another year and he played another year. So it's entirely possible that I was wrong. But when I look across the line at everybody that was there. You know, this was not a, a group that was wrecked. And okay. Now, what ends up happening, though, and maybe this is more to Doug's point, is if you try to address it all at once, yeah. what are the conversations we've been having about the defensive line, Mom. right? Yeah. Bring a guy in, then bring the another normal. guy in. It doesn't have to be this total transfusion. Yeah. Um. And and the uh, so okay, let's look at the group that 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 retired. I could have got another year in somewhere else. I know that. I was just ready to be done. I will say that. Who wouldn't have signed Pounce? Pittsburgh wanted him back. Ben wanted him back. So you to say Badly. get rid of him. Yeah. You couldn't. Dave. Dave could go play again if he wanted to. Like Dave you know was here. Dave, Dave was here. They had him on the field. They had him. And then he was just like, nah, I'm good. Al did go play. You know what I'm saying? Like Gil was also in, in Arizona before he got injured. The group wasn't bad. It was just the window closed and it's time to transition. Is, yeah. that, what, is that what you're saying? It, it, yeah, it, it is, except that the transitions, this is what the part that I think sometimes gets lost in the discussions about drafts, so, okay. where you want to get a player at a certain positional group, one, yeah. every year. And you know what? There were, let's be honest here, there were some offensive linemen in that span that the Steelers drafted that just didn't do anything and then that's where they got hurt like like gerald gerald hawkins they had a lot of hopes for him what happened couldn't stay on the field and and i think that's that's the thing that ended up happening and that's where go ahead well well, to that point let's go let's let's go to the group bj had an opportunity another team didn't work out 
did right? not work out at all. But he was one of the guys that's supposed to. The yep. other guy, Matt Filer, did work out. Yes. And got paid somewhere else. Yes, he did. Okay, now let's look at Chooks. Chook is a guy. Stayed Chooks there. He's paid. there. He got paid. got paid. He was the one of the ones that funneled in. Uh, yeah. Another guy behind him, Zach Banner, just didn't work out. So the succession plans were there. I'll say this. We were a bunch of pricks. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I'm, I'm not disagreeing. Was, you weren't going to push us out unless we were ready to go either. Anytime they brought in one of those young guys, it was like, the hell are you doing here? Yeah, right. <laughs> you understand <laughs> this is my spot. And by the way, can you go get me some coffee? Thank you. Yeah. Uh, two creams, no sugar. Thanks. Two creams, no sugar, and make sure it's hot. You know, and brew a pot for whoever's coming behind you. Yeah. So it was, what were you going to do other than the fact that hope we ended up getting the ring? And when after the 19 season happened, it was just like, okay, I was done. Pounce did 20, and that wore on everybody. You know, so yeah. it, it, it was. Doug, man, you pushed the button here you today. Did. You God. did, Doug. Go on. God. Doug came in. Doug went, and I'm, I'm not just going to push this button. I'm going to jump on it with both feet. <laughs> Let's do another one of these tomorrow, Moan. I'm with it. By the way, Baltimore's rebuilding their offensive line right now, too. So it's everywhere. Balmer. Balmer. Balmer? Balmer. B-A-L-L-M-E-R. Baltimore? Yeah. Baltimore. Baltimore. <laughs>